I've seen American flowers all across this land from the banks of the Shenandoah along the Rio Grande. Do not fear. Welcome to episode 14 of the Voices of Wisdom podcast. On this episode, I'm in conversation with my friend, Josh Paul. Josh Paul is the basis for the Grammy-nominated rock band Daltrey. Prior to that, Josh played with Suicidal Tendencies and Infectious Grooves, where he replaced Robert Trujillo, currently of Metallica. Through the years, Josh has performed and recorded with Everlast, Kelly Osbourne, and many, many others. At just seven years old, he was the drummer boy in the video for the song Boys of Summer by Don Henley. I met Josh early this year at the Ryman Auditorium and he quickly became one of my favorite people. I would encourage you to check him out on Instagram at It's Josh Paul. He's a monster musician, but even more important to that, he's just an absolutely golden human being. He models the positivity that the world really needs more of, not in a naive way, but in an honest way that's forged in hardship yet transcends it. I hope this episode inspires you to cultivate a life that's full of creative freedom and a joy that can't be stolen. And without further delay, here's my conversation with Josh Paul. Do not feel the winter blowing in the hearts of men. I've seen American flowers, they will bloom again. All right, Josh, thank you for uh, being here today. Very happy to be here. Yeah. So I want to start out with asking you uh, how you're experiencing the world right now. How am I experiencing the world? I, this is the happiest I've ever been my entire life. Okay. And I sort of, um, I feel genuinely happy uh, inside out. Uh, I, I don't even know what I can add to my current situation and my current being that would that would fulfill me any more than than what it is nice do you, do you think there was a a process to getting to that point or is is were there intentional things you did to get there or is it something that kind of happened to you or i think it's a little bit of both um i've been i've gone through some things in life that uh you know are a little bit rough um but everybody has gone through things yeah. that have been rough in their life and Mostly, I've come to the conclusion that you really have to decide on how you want to live and you have to uh, be disciplined in your, in your positivity and your determination to be happy and to accept that not everything is always perfect. Mm. Yeah. So... The, uh is that just a focus on the positive, or is that a particular way of uh, working with the negative that is con- keeps things constructive? Or? It, it's both. Okay. It's both. You know, life hits you in waves. Sometimes unexpected things happen, things that maybe you aren't able to see in the moment that you can look back on and learn from, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So um, I really and truly believe that uh, you you have a choice in how you react to situations, mm. and, and you're definitely not in control of everything in life other than how you react to a situation. Mm. So, but overall, um, 
if you're if you're living in a in sort of a dark cloud, as I have before, as probably everybody has at some point, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like it's just gloomy and it's not fun and nothing's happening. You can either stay in that spot or you can choose to brighten it up a little bit, whether it be changing the situation or even just turning a little switch in your head that says, you know what, this isn't that bad. So what I've um, sort of forced myself to do is recognize exactly what I'm grateful for every single day, and that helps me. Mm, Yeah. So even when things are bad, you reframe it in a way that emphasizes where the strengths or the positives are. Exactly. Because you end up dwelling on one little thing that might be just, oh, this sucks, this is horrible. This, is, this isn't good. And really, another day is coming. So it's not that bad. It's yeah. really not that bad. Yeah, yeah. So I keep finding that um, those darker times uh, seem to um, always help create what seems like the best in a person. And how I, has that worked for you? Uh, well, you... I think that recollection has helped me on those moments of of knowing that you get through mm-hmm. and, and and you know seeing you know either whether it be family members or people that you love or people that you maybe don't even know and watching how people overcome certain things and then you also see maybe some mistakes that have happened along the way that you know you you really have to be present in in learning Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's what's maybe an example of uh, something you've been through that has helped make you into who you are today? Oh, well, I have quit drinking. I, I stopped drinking about, let's see, four years ago. Okay. And I just realized that I was wasting just so much of my time and life mm-hmm. on something that uh, really is unhealthy for my my entire being, whether it be my marriage, with my family life, um, mm-hmm. my health, mm-hmm. my um, probably my career, in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And and I wanted to do something to change it. I, re- I I had the ability to actually see in that moment that it's affecting my life negatively, mm-hmm. and I made the choice to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So. Ever since then, I really learned how to, it's forced me to be in the moment, if that okay. makes any sense, yeah. and, and really have a conversation with somebody or, mm-hmm. or look inside myself and, and reassess what's going on a little mm-hmm. bit more. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I remember one night just looking up at the ceiling with nothing going on, no television, no phone, mm-hmm. no work, nothing, no right. family around, and just thinking to myself, uh, I really gotta get to know myself again. Mm. Yeah. So I decided to just dig in. Yeah. yeah. So alcohol had disconnected you from some aspect of yourself? Everything. It, okay. Drinking felt cool. For a while, and then you know, in the job that I do, it's everywhere. Right. It's everywhere. I remember just 
there wouldn't be a day where I was on tour. And I've been touring for, you know, since I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. There wouldn't be a day where I would just wouldn't do a couple shots before mm. I played or something. Yeah. And you kind of forget joy mm. because then you become dependent on something that makes you feel good. Mm. And then when you don't have that, you're like, oh, I need to do that so I can feel good. Yeah. And instead of pulling out your inner joy. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. What was that process like for you? Uh, as the, far as? Like moving from drinking daily to not drinking. You know, a lot of support from my family. Um, I, I made the decision. I just made the decision, and mm -hmm. that was it. Yeah. Um, and there, there were times where it was a little bit tough, I think. Um, but I had to weigh my options there because I, I could either just continue on with what I'm doing right. or change it. So when I started to actually change it and I, and I was determined to do so, I started to notice that I was feeling better and that is what keeps me going. But most importantly, in my family. Mm, okay. Yeah. So the support of your wife and Definitely. friends. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and she likes me a lot better this way. <laughs> <laughs> my kids do too. Yeah. 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 Being present is just not easy. It's really not. Because you even having a conversation, a simple conversation at Starbucks, for instance. Right. You know, you say, hey, how are you? It's more like a in passing. Right. You're not even listening to if that person's okay. And then the response comes as, good, how are you? Without even thinking about it. You're yeah. not thinking about what you're saying. Do you really mean, yeah. I'm good, how are you? I'm interested in how you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things, the smallest little thing that I, I noticed that I wasn't doing it, it, just in passing. And part of that, to be fair, was probably just meeting so many people on a daily basis mm. and, and a lot of small talk and just mm -hmm. not having a lot of time to, but people deserve that. Everyone, human, as human beings, we deserve right. that attention. Yeah. You know, you can't give yourself to everybody, your whole self, but you can be present enough to be compassionate and hear what someone's saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that's obvious. That's the, that's the main thing that stood out to me when, when I met you. I guess that was last month, right? Has it been that long already? I don't, a couple I, weeks ago, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, yeah well, last yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go with that. Um, no, it was earlier this month. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, was that um, you and your wife both, like, you know, I, in my own work to stay, try to stay conscious and uh, present. Um, I, I'm aware when I, you know, I'm, I'm watching and noticing when other people are there and it's really inspiring but when we met that's the the first thing I noticed was how incredibly present you were it, oh. it wasn't just uh, like you said hey how you doing see you later yeah I mean you were actually in the moment there well, even though you had just performed and everything yeah. you were you know, everything else uh, you were still very much in the moment well thank you man yeah. I take that as a yeah. compliment I appreciate yeah. that yeah well it's pretty rare you know? um yeah I think maybe there's so much going on in life yeah. that people just sometimes forget, but it's, I, I've 
tried to step back and just kind of take care of the simple things because those are the ones that are overlooked mm-hmm. far too often. And the simple things really generally are most important. Yeah. You know, Yeah. even talking to my wife, you know, hey, honey, how are you? Do you really mean how are you? Do you want to get into that? Right. Like, or are you just saying that so there's something to fill the air? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm interested, yeah. you know, and, and being more present now, um, even looking around and I care, I care more. Mm-hmm. Generally, I just care. Right. And, and that, um, being in that spot for me makes me feel amazing inside because you're, you're, aware and you're observant of just what's going on around you and mm-hmm. you know yeah. go from there yeah do you feel like that's something you had as a kid and it got lost over time and you recaptured it or i think so i okay. think i was a pretty quiet kid um i was an actor as a little guy and um so i wasn't really shy but i was very quiet mm-hmm. so i would observe a lot yeah you know and i would see people and then um i think Probably some people would say that I was, I, I've actually heard that when I was a kid. Oh, you, you act a lot older mm. than you actually are. Yeah. And that just comes from, you know, I had a huge family, older siblings, and okay. you know, just being around people all the time and yeah. doing things. Um, but somewhere in between, you know, stuff going on in, in life, I think that I kind of lost my way a little bit and trying to find myself. And really, in trying to find myself, I lost myself more than then found myself. So. Yeah, yeah. Is that a common thing that you see in the, the music world? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And especially now because everybody wants you to be something and you don't know what you want to be. It's pretty rare when you find an artist or, or somebody is just themselves. Mm-hmm. And I respect that, whether it's good or bad, at least, you know, you're yourself. Right. And you're, you're not portraying this character unless... Of course, you're playing a character. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but it's a lot of stress for artists. You know, they have these TV shows and, and they are essentially talent shows. And mm-hmm. um, you have people telling you, you have to do this. You got to do this. No, this is who you are. And this is it. Okay, tell me about yourself. All right, we're going to take that little piece of who you are and that's who you're going to be. When, I mean, there are a yeah. lot of elements and a lot of traits that people have i mean you know yeah yeah it's there's a lot of stuff going on so and then you people grasp on to something they might like and then that's who you try to feel like you have to become all the time Mm. whether it's good or bad i don't know yeah then you end up in this life that's not your own Mm -hmm. i felt like i was playing a character for a long time and and that's where a lot of drinking and you know kind of a Maybe a cockiness came from mm-hmm. just, and it was just, it, it was unwarranted and it, it really, I could see that I was getting a reaction from people. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm a confident person, but that character, really, I just didn't like. Mm. Yeah. And looking back, I really didn't like yeah. that. So. And so that was what was expected of you and sort of laid on you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's hard to push that back, like I, off of you. Oh, right? yeah. I, somebody told me 
you know, I like the real Josh. Mm. And, and that stuck with me because I was like, well, yeah, well, you know me. You know yeah. who I am. But, but that's the guy I like. So I was like, okay. Yeah. So even if you're, even if you're liked for the character, it's, it's still not you that's, you right. Know, you don't get the experience of being really known or seen or. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to say that I was just a different person. I've always been a genuine person mm-hmm. and, and um, caring, but there was, there are other times where I was just reckless and, mm-hmm. you know, it was, I was kind of fighting with myself. Yeah. And you, you asked earlier about, how, is that how you were as a child? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, try to be as genuine as possible and um, care about people and compassionate. Yeah. yeah. So where were you, how many siblings did you have and what order were you in that? So I'm the, ba- well, I have a twin sister. So okay. we're the babies. My mom had seven. So, okay. uh, and my aunt has 10. So we're a very large family. Yeah. 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 So. What, what was it like being the baby and being a twin? Oh, uh, it was, it was not bad. It wasn't bad. Um, my mom worked the hard as hard as she possibly could to support us. She passed away about five years ago. Mm. Um, so we, you know, we moved around a lot and we did, you know, what she did, whatever she had to do. Um, the older siblings were already basically almost out of the house when we were born. Okay. So there's an age gap there, but yeah. we're a tight, tight-knit family. Yeah. Yeah. And mom was like the leader of the house. Yeah, my, and my grandparents. Okay, so yeah. My grandfather played, he was a musician, he played pretty much every instrument there nice. is. He had a record company at one time. He was uh, in the Air Force, in the Army, he was a pilot, he was a computer engineer. Oh, he, wow. Basically everything. Yeah. Um, so they, him and grandma were kind of like the stable folks yeah. in our life and you know Thanksgiving all holidays we would all just gather there yeah and then uh, they they both uh, ended up passing and so we kind of all separated a little bit I, that's one thing I want to try to do is get my family back together yeah. it's hard you know everybody's yeah. grown up has their own family right so. probably scattered geographically yeah, yeah. exactly yeah do so you feel like music is a, has been an inheritance from your grandfather I think so Okay. I didn't know anything else. I remember being five years old, going to kindergarten, and I was playing drums then. Um, or however a five-year-old plays drums. I mean, yeah. I could keep a beat, a backbeat. Yeah. Um, and uh, going into kindergarten class and asking the other kids, oh, what do you play? And they're like, baseball. <laughs> like, I thought, every, I really did think everybody played an instrument. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you grew up being musical and not really doing sports or anything else? No, I played, you know, I wanted to play baseball, but I never could because I was going on auditions for stuff mm-hmm. or, um, and then I, I think I remember, oh, you can't play, you have asthma or something. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh gosh. Yeah. So I just ended up really sitting in a room, just practicing every day and doing what I could. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, like, how do you think the things that you learned from your mom and your grandfather translate to how you are in the world as a human and then just as a, as a parent? Okay, so 
my mother and my grandparents, they, they never discouraged me from doing anything that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I could sit there and play drums as loud as I wanted to mm-hmm. in the same room with them any time of day, as long as I respected the instruments. So that's one thing that really showed me that it, as long as you have support and encouragement and, and positive reinforcement, you know, your mm-hmm. kids can do anything. Let them know that they can do anything. Cause mm-hmm. that's really the way I felt. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do anything, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that it has really shaped my life. And I try to encourage my kids to, to do mm-hmm. the same thing. I tell them, you guys can play. Just let me show you how to respect the instruments and, yeah. and you guys go, go to town. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Um, and another thing is my, my mom was an extremely compassionate, caring person. So she would take in everyone. My grandparents too. Everyone. So that has sort of stuck with me as well. Um, so you'd have people living off the streets with you like during yeah. hard times? And yeah. Stuff. Yeah, man. So same thing when I was growing up. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, um, I didn't really understand it. I just knew, and I didn't even know until I was older that those people weren't part of our family, mm-hmm. which is weird, you know. Yeah, that must have been how much your mom made it feel that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, um, you know, we we have tons of extended family. Yeah, you know. Oh, that's Jimmy, or you know, that's that's Paul. It's like, yeah. It's just the way it was, and it was, it was very interesting, and I don't know if it was necessarily safe, but it all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that, yeah. Um, man, that's cool to hear that. Um, so many times I remember, like, uh, you know, somebody showing up, and they would have my room for a while. You know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we had, so there was, uh, I don't know, exactly what happened to him, but there was a guy named Bud, and he lived in this uh, converted garage that my grandparents had. And he would help out around the house and stuff like that, but knowing later on, you know, they were just helping him out. Wow. He just didn't have anywhere to go, didn't have any family, yeah. so they just helped him out, let him yeah. live there, and he was part of the family. Yeah. So it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, it sounds like your family was very much present, the adults in your... In your life. Yeah, yeah. We're a pretty tight family. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. as far as, a, you know, every family has their dramas, and especially when you have a big family, oh, it yeah. goes up. And then, yeah. you know, my, grand, my grandfather liked to party. Mm-hmm. And then my mom drank yeah. a lot, too, okay. every so often. So, yeah. you know, those moments were always either extremely shiny, hilarious, or, you know, not yeah. so good. Yeah, I, I think we're related. <laughs> it sounds very familiar. Yeah. Um, so how was your, uh, how, like, your trajectory from, um, from childhood there into playing out and then eventually becoming a member of Suicidal Tendencies and Infectious Grooves? Like, how did that process happen? Oh, let's see. So I was... I was in the Boys of Summer video by Don Henley. Okay. Have you ever seen that? I have. I was a little kid playing drums. Okay. I just went to an open call. My mom took me down, and it was basically a cattle call. You know, they have 
anybody can audition. Yeah. So I got that. So I did the video and that led to me getting an agent and I was still playing and I was doing some acting things and um, growing up in LA, ran into this uh, other drummer that was my age, Brooks Wackerman. And he comes from the Wackerman family, which is Chad and and John. so we were doing things. I would start bands, you know, as a teenager or a preteen or whatever. And he would have his bands and we'd be playing some of the same places mm-hmm. growing up and, and through junior high and high school. And uh, he ended up getting the Infectious Grooves gig when he was 15. Mm. And, uh, or maybe 16 or something. Well, Robert Trujillo ended up leaving to play with Ozzy. Mm. So they were looking for a bass player, and him and I had known each other, mm-hmm. crossing paths, and you yeah. know, and so he recommended me, and the rest is history. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that like? I'm, uh, Mike strikes me as such an interesting character. Mike is very intelligent yeah. and very actually very positive as well. Yeah. So you know, you talk to him, and he's. He seems like a scary guy if you see, mm-hmm. you know, listen to yeah. music or see the shows or, mm-hmm. or if you know him, he's he's very positive, very business savvy guy. Yeah. It's just cool dude. And he's yeah. always been the same person, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I I was always a fan of that music growing up. So, yeah. So me too. Just, me too. Yeah. So it's always just struck me as a, a really interesting dude and I've I've never met him or anything, but I've I've seen him live a few times and Watch some videos, and he, he there's there's some kind of mentor quality going Definitely. on in him that um, I'm so curious about. Well, he he uh, well he was kind of that for me as well mm-hmm. because I hadn't done anything like that on that level mm-hmm. as far as playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I get out there and I have to replace Robert Trujillo, who's you know huge yeah. shoes to fill. I was always a huge fan of his as well. Mm-hmm. And and Mike kind of just, you know, led me to uh, experimenting and really pushed me to as hard as I can go because mm-hmm. knowing that I'm replacing Robert, you gotta be great. Right. You gotta be great. Right. So that really uh, forced me to just take ownership of it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you say that, that that press to be great and obviously a belief that you could be is, is what helped you get there? Oh, 100%. Yeah. If I, I could have, all right, there are two ways I could have gone on that. I could have gone in insecure. Yeah. Or I could go in there knowing that I can play the music so I don't have to worry about that. But also knowing that I have to be very good and I have to look like I don't care about anything. I have to go, you know, so I chose that way yeah. to go just full force, 100%. Yeah. Because if I didn't, then I would have looked like an amateur or I would have looked, you know, I wouldn't have been able to succeed filling that position. Yeah, you had to be Josh, not the guy replacing Robert. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, nice. 
Um, so from from there, you what? How does how does the how does the timeline work from there? So I to I, here. I was with them for a number of years and did some records and toured the world and decided that I wanted to try some other things. And in the meantime, I was having kids. And um, so I ended up going on tour with Kelly Osborne and um, Everlast and uh, the Veronica's, Ashley Parker. There's a bunch of people that I just went off and did tours with as either musical director or you know, recordings, mm -hmm. um, a lot of different, like I was saying before, I've been touring since I was 18. Right. Um, and then through all of that, you know, you meet people and you network and people see you and ended up getting a call from Chris Daughtry's people and the label and everybody and, and wanting to know if I'd be interested in meeting with him and auditioning for the band. And I had never seen American Idol. Mm -hmm. I don't watch a lot of TV. Right. But um, I uh, went in and met with him. He was an awesome singer, cool dude, and it worked out. So that was about 13 years ago. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a pretty pretty sweet gig. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't expect it to last this long, actually. Yeah. You know, I think my initial expectation was maybe two to five years. Mm. Yeah. Because that's the life of generally of a, of a gig or right. of a, you know what I mean? Yeah. You never know what an artist wants to do or yeah. how it's going to work, but the band has come together and you know, mm -hmm. going to be doing another record soon, so it's good. Okay. Yeah. And you guys were nominated for a Grammy at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, for the first record. I didn't play on that first one. Chris had already um, basically had that done around the time that we all got in and started the band or formed the band. Yeah. So, so I guess after 13 years, you uh, you probably it probably feels less like a gig and more like a a, a family or a it felt like, group or it felt like that pretty quickly actually. Yeah. Um, because we we were all involved in the sort of inception of of Daughtry of you know from the very beginning. Even though the first record was basically done, we didn't play on it. We we experienced everything together. Right. So the very first shows, the very right. first tours, and then recorded five records. So yeah, nice. Yeah. So tell me about um, parenting. <laughs> like, what have you? How has that grown you? What have you learned through the years of parenting four boys? Oh, let's see. First and foremost, they're the most important thing to me in my entire just existence. I'm, yeah. That's the most, I'm most proud of that. And uh, those, those boys are my priority uh, and my wife. Um, I have a granddaughter now as well. Really? Which is awesome. Okay, congrats. Little princess, she's cool. I got to meet her, because they're in London. So, okay. Uh, I got to meet her around Thanksgiving time, so it was okay. awesome. Yeah. yeah. But um, I started very early. I think my son was born when I was 18. So around that time, I just started touring. And it was, it was an interesting, interesting time for me because I was still learning how to be an adult. Mm -hmm. I was still learning how to 
uh, try and, you know, be a rock star or be a, you know, form my career and what I'm going to do with my life. Mm -hmm. I never really had any other real jobs aside from some acting things that I did and playing in bands. So, and then all of a sudden I have a baby and not only was that a lot of pressure, it was frightening. Mm -hmm. So then, so now I had to be, I had to go out and be able to take care of my kids. Yeah. So that's, you know, I just push hard, 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 hard yeah. to support my children. Yeah. So initially I was scared, uh, excuse my language, shitless. Yeah. <laughs> but he, I'm so proud of the man that he's become. I, he motivates me every day. Yeah. And um, my other three boys do the same. Um, I've learned a lot over the years on maybe what to do, what I could do more of and what not to do. Yeah. Um, and, and really, patience is a, is a huge uh, thing with parenting, obviously. And love, and all I can do is just love my kids, you know, unconditionally, no yeah. matter what. You know, I've seen certain things and certain people and, you know, I've heard stories about, I don't talk to my family anymore. Or I don't talk to them anymore. And yeah. you, I think to myself, wow, that's you know, unfortunate, number one. Yeah. But I don't think I could ever do that to my children. Right. So open lines of communication. You know, yeah, yeah. Encouragement. I feel all of that. I became a dad at 20. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, very, very, very similar. Um, and the... Uh, the oldest is kind of a guinea pig by the time you get to like the third or fourth. Right. You're so much better at oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say, my wife, yeah. you know, she's been a uh, guardian angel uh, to, to all of them. And, and by me, me being gone mm-hmm. so often, she's really held down the fort. Right. So she, she has, uh, she takes the, the crown yeah. on, on all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 How, how has uh, marriage changed you and grown you through the years? Oh man, it's it's made me 100% better person. So I, I was married previously to my high school girlfriend and, and she was the mom of my older two boys. Okay. Unfortunately, she, she passed away um, when the kids were very young. Uh, at that moment, I was with Kara, my current wife, because we had been separated and mm-hmm. um and she at at that time she came in and the kids knew her they had a relationship with her but she just fully embraced mm-hmm. you know the boys and yeah. and she was the other mom she was mom yeah so i you know i can't even thank her enough and i want to cry every time i think about it because yeah. there's not a lot of people that would do that number one right and uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I now I forgot where we were. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm struck at all the overlap. My my two oldest boys are from a previous marriage as well. So. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Right. A lot of a lot of things in common there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um so what kind of things bring you the most hope and joy right now? Oh, family. Family brings me, you yeah. know, being able to get out and, and do things with my family and 
any family time that I can spend with them, I cherish. Yeah. You know, uh, creating brings me joy. Okay. Um, seeing smiles on my kids' face, watching, you know, uh, I like to see people smile. I really do. Yeah. 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 There's so much sort of unnecessary negativity, uh, especially going on right now out there that's, you know, in division and all this stuff. That yeah. Simple smile, <laughs> yeah. you know, helps the day. Yeah, yeah. Do you um, have like any sort of a spiritual or religious background at all? Or uh, I was raised Christian, and okay. we're we're Christians. We go to church. Um, I have. Well, I don't know if I want to get into that, but I. I have had experience with a lot of hip, uh, hypocrisy, uh-huh. and, and that has turned me off on a lot of the right. religious Organized stuff. Religion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't affect my faith. So right. I believe that faith is the most important thing, and in, in mm-hmm. you know how you live your life. And yeah, if you're not hurting anybody, you know. And you're compassionate to others and empathetic and yeah. just really show love genuinely. Then right. Just live. Right. You know? It's, I, I think the golden rule is really <laughs> right. something really to live by. And I know it seems preschool or kindergarten, but no. you really should take a step back and just listen to it. Right. Yeah. Follow it. Yeah. Is that, is that like a daily practice for you? Is that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And your your Instagram presence sort of uh, I don't know it's just it's uh, it's one of the more positive things I see on a daily basis. Uh, and I don't even really necessarily try to put it out there like that. I think mm-hmm. it's just maybe yeah. shines through. I've heard that before, and I I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just showing my life. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I think that's what's so positive about it. It doesn't seem like you're you're trying to be positive. You're just being you, and it is positive. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, yeah, um, you know, you scroll through certain things, and you you can really see the contrast in right. in yeah. maybe how somebody's feeling or how somebody's living or their beliefs or whatever it may be. Um, and you wonder, you know, now how certain cliques of people or, or, you know. Yeah. It's easy to, to fall into a trap of, you know, sort of. Getting weighed down by yeah. it all. Yeah. And you gotta just take a step back and, and realize what's important to you and what, what you're grateful for. And, yeah. And what's real and what isn't. Yeah. You know? It, Family uh, conversations like this, right. hanging out, having a coffee—that's real. Right. That's yeah. the other stuff isn't real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what what grieves you the most? What grieves me the most? Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you elaborate just a little bit further? Yeah. Like what? Uh, what is it um, in the world maybe that um, just really hurts your heart? Oh. Uh, I 
may seem elementary, but I really don't, I don't understand um, hate, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's, I know that's a broad statement, but I don't understand because we're, we're all human right. here. I don't care where you live. I don't care who you are, what right. your background is. We're the same. Right. Whether you like it or not, right. we are the same. So we all have that in common. Yeah. Um, and it's a small world. Yeah. And I encourage people to get out and see the world and see how other people live. Don't be scared of it. I, you know, you live on a block. You don't want to leave that block. Right. And you're, you're peering over your shoulder to see what it is. It's don't live in fear. Embrace the world. Right. Embrace others, mm-hmm. cultures. You don't have to live like them. Yeah. But embrace the beauty of what it actually is. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. a, it's a. I also, you know, um, I've had a lot of death and loss in my family, mm. and guilt, which has weighed me down quite often. Mm. But I've worked to, you know, kind of push through that. Yeah. And not let it get me down. But every so often, you know, yeah. it weighs on you a little yeah. bit. Guilt like wishing there had been more time together before yeah. someone yeah. passed? Or? Yeah. It, you know, saying I love you. Yeah. You, you know, you could have said it. You could have taken a phone call and you didn't. Right. Yeah. Too busy. So right. make a point now to just not be too busy. Yeah. So that's part Never of why know. you're so present now. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, you even see, like, with this whole Kobe Bryant tragedy, you know? Yeah. It's like, they didn't know that was going to happen. Right. You know? Yeah. And that, um, all the footage you see of he and his daughter, he looks so present and yeah. engaged. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, you just have to think, man, what a gift it was for that to be the case. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So... I, 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 it's an effort for me to yeah. make sure that I do. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think I hear a theme where div- division between people really hurts your heart. Uh, it's yes, families or communities oh, or yeah. racially yeah. or whatever that it's. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really does. Yeah, it, and I, I know that I can't control. You know anyone else but right. but myself and my reaction and my actions. Yeah. But it does, you know, it gets old. It gets, it really does get old and it, it really, there's a flare up that happens that is unwarranted and unneeded and even that it could be uh, remedied. Yeah. It really can be, I believe. Yeah. You know, having a conversation. Right. With, with no, uh, no motives, yeah. just a conversation. Yeah, just connection. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like traveling the world has helped you to see the world as it could be. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You don't have to agree or want to be someone else or want to be like them or do the things that live how they live, but you, you have to respect. I mean, I, I've been to Japan a bunch of times, and they're very, very respectful their culture is very respectful mm-hmm. um, and you go over and, and you see and 
you know, they're apologizing to you for maybe mispronouncing uh, an English word or something mm. like that. And you're yeah. like, you don't have to apologize, yeah. you know, but, but they're very respectful yeah. there. And then, in, you know, you go to another place and I, I'm just um, pointing that out just as a reference to mm-hmm. seeing different cultures and seeing how right. people live. And, yeah. and, you know, there's not a lot of crime there yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and you, even, you travel to another place in Europe or, or, or South America and, you know, they have the way that they live as well and mm-hmm. cultural differences and mm-hmm. some of the same as well. And it's just important to, to witness that right. and experience it because otherwise you're going to live wondering. Yeah. And what that does is it causes fear. Mm-hmm. Of something you don't know. So you make assumptions about yeah. Yeah. these people instead of actually knowing. Right. Yeah. Or maybe why they live a certain way mm-hmm. or, or why you yeah. feel you need to live a certain way. Yeah. You know, it just makes you think a little bit. Yeah. So being curious about people and not suspicious. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it, that weighs on your shoulders, man. Yeah, you know, always being suspicious of everyone all the time. Yeah, it's not a good yeah. way to live. It's yeah, it's exhausting. Speaking of something we have in childhood that gets lost that we have to recapture, I think that's oh yeah, 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 that's um, huge. That's what I love about music is that you can see a kid, a year old, listening to music and already dancing, right, singing along. Yeah, and that's universal. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So that is my favorite thing about music. Yeah, you know, no matter where you are, somebody's gonna dance to a beat or yeah. sing along to a song, yeah. hum a melody. Right. So yeah, I hear what you're saying about other cultures as well. But I went to on a um, a mission trip down in uh, Ecuador like ten years ago. Oh, and, cool. And so, like, we brought resources and things. But man, I, I was someone learning life lessons. Like, you, there's like you know, sibling groups living in, in poverty, you know, and we're bringing resources, but they're modeling, they're taking care of one another, they're not fighting right. over objects or yeah. games or, you know, there's a, a sense of the other's more important than me. It's yeah. kind of like I think what you were saying in Japan, yeah. this sense of respect, like definitely saying I'm sorry, not in this like sort of codependent way or anything, but but because you have worth and value, you matter to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's being present. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Yeah. What well, You know, I, it's so easy to take for granted just the simplest things in yeah. life. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. So, and even I love you. We, we, we say I love you to each other in our household, you know, a hundred times a day. And, um, I couldn't say it enough. Yeah. You know, and I I think the kids and my wife, you know, we all feel the same way. Yeah. One uh one of their buddies came over one time and he's like, Wow, you guys say I love you to each other a lot. And I thought to myself, Man, that's kinda sad that yeah. you don't. Yeah. You know, obviously you don't hear it enough. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I told the kid, Oh, I love you too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, and practicing eye contact is a thing. Yes. Yeah. That's one thing that I stress with the boys, especially being men. You know, 
Right. Get out your hand and look somebody in the eye when you talk to them. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So one last question for you. Um, what is your What is your message to or your wisdom for um, a hurting world right now? Love. You know, just talking about saying I love you, really genuinely um, not being afraid to show love. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be scared of that. Yeah. You should, you should strive for that. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you need to hold so close to yourself that you're not allowing anyone to feel your love. Yeah. Now, you know, there are different ways to express love. But I think that if you open up your heart, that, you know, you can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. You really can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I think that maybe listening, being a little more present. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I hear you describing love as not just a feeling, but the, the hard work and the daily practice of showing up and actually caring and being concerned and curious. 100%. And, and invested in other people and not getting stuck inside of ourselves. And that's as easy as that is to do, you know, and, and uh, let's face it, we're all lazy. <laughs> we are and self-centered. Yeah. But we shouldn't be because imagine, you know, if we just opened up a little bit how much nicer this place would be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I can look outside right now. It's a gloomy, rainy day. But when I think about that in my head and in my, my heart, I just feel better mm-hmm. inside. So if we were to practice that or everybody were to, a pra- to practice that maybe mm-hmm. a couple times a day, it might make it a, a better place. Yeah, yeah. Like daily reminders to wake up. There's some cultures that do that, yeah. Know, whether it's a bail or whatever, but just come back. Yeah. Wherever you went, in your mind or in your heart, come back. Yeah. Yeah. Show back up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, and it's been my impression that you're doing really well at pulling that off. So thank uh, you. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate you. All right. All right, brother. Thank you for tuning in to episode 14 of the Voices of Wisdom podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please like, share, and subscribe. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know more about Josh Paul, check him out on Instagram at It's Josh Paul. The music for this podcast is provided by Birds of Chicago. You can find them at birdsofchicago.com. This episode would not be possible without the creative talents of Melanie Cummings, Matt Lipley, and Pete Lipley. You can find links to their work in the show notes. We have some really amazing episodes in the works with some really great activists, artists, and musicians. So stay tuned for new episodes in the coming weeks, and we will see you then. Do not feel the winter blowing In the hearts of men I've seen American flowers They will bloom 